Hello and welcome to the Summer of Jordan podcast, episode five. I'm your host, Danny Lanigan, um, bringing you this weekly podcast to chronicle the summer of the face of the game of wiffle ball, our favorite sport, our favorite player, Jordan Robles. Jordan is with us now. Jordan, how are you? Pretty good. I doing? Summer vacations finally here, week two, and it feels just as good as week one. I can't complain. I never heard of work and I ain't going back. Good for you. So you don't work at all in the summer? Uh, I gamble. I would consider that my summer occupation. It has not been going well, though, but I'm looking to turn the tide uh, going into the month of August. And what are your um, favorites to bet on? Um, I love betting against the Pirates, although they beat the Yankees yesterday. Not betting on the Orioles in any way, shape, or form, but I'd say like first five-inning run lines, Minnesota Twins versus the Yankees over, you know, just anything along so those you don't, lines. You don't play those like same game parlays, like um, Aaron Judge to get an RBI, um, you know, Josh Donaldson to have two bases, and the starting pitcher to have three strikeouts. Professionals don't do those things, right? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a, a professional, but I would say from what I've learned in my gambling history, you know, when you're parlaying things, it, it's tough to win. It, it's hard to be consistent with all. You got a lot. You need a lot of things to go your way. It's always tough. Tough for that to happen. Yeah, I, I dabbled with that a little bit. Um, I, I've never been a gambler, but I dabbled a little bit, you know, 10, 15 bucks on those type of things, you know, 10 bucks to win 120. And it adds up quick on your losses. Um, yeah. But, you know, this this is a family podcast about our, our favorite game, Wiffle Ball, and that's what we're going to get to. Um, last week we were off. Um, we, you know, both you and I were celebrating the beginning of summer um, as teachers. We work and our listeners from, you know, states outside of New York, and New Jersey may not know, but we work late into June um, up here as teachers. So we had our first week off. Mine was only actually three days last week. Um, but you also were playing some wiffle ball uh, this past weekend leading up to July 4th in Pittsburgh, the Steel City Showdown hosted by Mid-Atlantic Wiffle. Um, your team did not do so great, but um, let's first talk about the event from afar. That place looked amazing. Um, I, I know there was a sick shot of you walking onto the field that's kind, kind of gone viral a little bit, probably because of the notoriety you've received from the podcast. But um, talk to me about the event first. Uh, it, the event was incredible. Playing in Highmark Stadium, it is a semi-pro all-turf soccer stadium right on the water in the city of Pittsburgh. So we, like, our backdrop was the Pittsburgh skyline. So it was pretty incredible, you know, like, I would say absolutely the, the coolest tournament, coolest venue for a tournament I've ever played at. You know, the U.S. Stadium is awesome, but to have the, the backdrop of Pittsburgh, it was pretty incredible. It was very surreal, like, going from 2017 with playing with MAW really started out in Shirey's backyard. I never would have imagined that we would go from Shirey's backyard to Highmark Stadium in Pittsburgh looking at the Pittsburgh skyline. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, have you been to Pittsburgh before this weekend? Yeah, I went to Red's wedding last year. Pittsburgh is an outstanding place. PNC Park, one of the best stadiums I've ever been to also. It's a great place. Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller came from there. Good town. Wiz Khalifa, um, fun fact, and this is not going to be our moment where we talk about how much older that, that I am than you, um, <laughs> just broke up with one of my former students. They were dating for a while. Um, you know, so beyond the Fast and the Furious song, that's how I, I knew Wiz Khalifa. But um, didn't know he was from Pittsburgh. I, I know he smokes a lot of blunts, um, as evidenced by his um, social media. But when you went to Red's wedding, and I know a couple of guys from Wiffleball went, um, did you go to a Pirates game then? 
Yeah, we went. I think Red's wedding was Saturday. We went to a Pirates game together Friday. So you had been to the stadium before. As a Mets fan, you know they play in Pittsburgh every year. I know your Yankees don't, but the stadium always looks amazing. I've never been to the city of Pittsburgh. Um, it was crazy that the, the views from Highmark were pretty similar, just I guess at a different angle um, yeah. from the views from the PNC. Uh, is it PNC? Is that what they call it now? I think, yeah, I think it's still PNC. Yeah, so you have the yellow bridge, the, um, which I guess is the Roberto, Roberto Clemente bridge in the background. Um, it, it just looked amazing. Yeah, awesome time. Beautiful view. Like you said, yeah, the view from Highmark Stadium is very similar to PNC Park. And, like, Pittsburgh overall, just a very beautiful city. Um, you know, I'm accustomed to New York City where it's nice. Nothing against New York City, but it's so crowded, so populated. you got to make sure you're not getting stabbed or shot at. In Pittsburgh – I felt a lot less likely to get stabbed or shot at. It wasn't as crowded, so I would say I like Pittsburgh. Okay, and so that's that's a pretty uh, a big one there, Pittsburgh over New York City. I'm not sure <laughs> about that. but I wouldn't um, say over New York City, but I would say it's a nice refresh from what I'm used to. What I think of as a city is always New York City, so to go to another city that's not as crowded as New York City was, was, uh, was like a good change-up. You know, right, not as big. Um, and New York City is just – you know, it's huge, right? Like you can go yeah. from one end to the other and it'll take you, you know, on the subway almost an hour. Whereas other cities, you could walk across the whole, uh, you know, city in, in 20 minutes. Um, but you did say that Highmark was your favorite venue, better than People's Bank Park um, in York that we played the NCT at. Um, do you stand by that? I would say playing on all turf field, it was pretty awesome. Like I really can't, I can't put that down. I mean, I love People's Bank Park, but the views from Highmark Stadium was awesome. They had music going all day. Like, I, I, I mean, I now that I think about it, I, it's a tough one. They're both up there. Probably like a lot of recency bias. It was just at Highmark Stadium, but um, they're they're both incredible. I would say the difference maker playing on all turf, like wiffle ball. If I could always play on turf, I absolutely would. Yeah, it it is. It's probably what we should be playing on, um, just because of the true bounces and the ball. It just moves quick on it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't get to too often. How was the um, – and I, I did speak to Paul and Nick Shirey briefly through text after. Just, I want to congratulate them. And once again, congratulations and shout-out to MAW um, for hosting an absolutely sick event. Um how was the, you know what did they do for lines and you know as a guy who used to set fields up you know you you, you drill the post down and you put the PVC over yeah. the post and then you you know spray the lines and um, I can't imagine setting up that many fields on turf um, that had to be difficult for them what did they do? Um, I want to say they use like the tape lines that were put down like in the Texas Open in 2018 so it was actually like no issues in terms of like had being hard to see lines or hard to see the infield line or the cheap line like everything was taped in and really no issues like strike zones weren't obviously bolted into the ground but uh really no issues with, with his own placement any lines like everything was smooth sailing that's good to hear um yeah i forgot about that um uh 2018 uh texas open when we, we played on the turf and that uh, small complex with the two sides. That was a pretty awesome venue as well. Um, just before we move on to your team's performance, we've now talked about two places that you have um, played that are kind of your favorites. Um, give me your favorite place to play that wasn't like a, um, you know, a specialty place, like a state, it wasn't a stadium, more of like a, a regular, um, you know, publicly rented field or something like that. What's your, what do you think about when, you know, 
a, a, a place yeah. like that to play. That that's tough. There's so many like uh, the Palisades Complex, Cottage Lean Elementary School. That obviously I, I feel like was awesome. You could fit four fields there, four full fields, like true fence length, true dimensions, 90 degree fields. Um, and at the same time, though, like you had three fields, but every field was close together. You could see every game from no matter where you were, like standing in that whole little complex. So it brings a lot of camaraderie and it, it just brings a better atmosphere when you got games playing at the same time so close together. Like you hear the roars from teams when, when something big happens. So it's awesome. Cottage Lane, you know, that's a place if I could play there again, I'd absolutely do it in a heartbeat. Cottage Lane. Um, yeah, I never got to play there. How about, did you ever play in the original Golden Six? not the original Golden Stick Fields at the mansion, but the ones behind the um, the uh, Art Expo Center um, in Danvers? Did you ever play at those? Never. I've never played in Danvers in my life, actually, now that I think about it. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but it had that similar, you know, when I was talking about the specialty stadiums and, and Highmark and People's Bank, you know, I guess the question I should have been asking, favorite Sandlot field, um, yeah. those are more Sandlot fields. And, and that place was pretty sweet. So those places always, you know, you can play on the best fields. Um, my gym in college, my um, – May, uh, May of my senior year, uh, the new sports complex opened up and the gym is state of the art. And, you know, I, I went back after I graduated and watched my sister playing it a bunch. And I kind of missed the old gym because it, it was just so unique and, and so old. So, you know, sometimes I, I miss playing on those sandlot fields. Not that we're playing on professional fields all the time. Um, but there is something special about those. But something that wasn't special, unfortunately, and I hate to bring it up, was um, your team's performance this weekend. What happened? I mean, I wouldn't say we did terrible. We went 3-0 and out of pool play. We drew the juggernauts in the semifinals, defending national champs. Uh, Ryan threw a perfect game. We ended up losing 3 nothing. Tim hit a homer. Ryan hit a homer. Tim hit a two-run home run in the first. Uh, Ryan hit a home run in the fifth. And uh, we couldn't hit Ryan. You know, the Jugs are a good team. And uh, But, I mean, aside from that, dominated in pool play. It's really the story of our season has been us and the Jugs. Who's going to come out on top? Yeah, and, and uh, the last two tournaments, you got them in the semis, correct? Yes, yeah, last two tournaments, we beat them. Last tournament, we won to beat them in the semis, and then in Maryland, we beat them in the semis as well. And we the last one, semis. Toast, did Toast have a no-hitter or a perfect game? Toast threw a perfect game. And now this one, um, Ryan, perfect game against you guys. Yeah, we're just trading perfect games. Trading perfect games. Um, so, yeah, I guess I just didn't do my homework enough. Um, last podcast, I had watched a bunch of your games. Um, uh, unfortunately, just, you know, coming off the holiday weekend, I didn't get to see much of it. Um, 3-0 and in pool play. First of all, who is your roster? Uh, so we're very shorthanded. It would be Vinley and Jeff Lopes this weekend. Okay. And who would you play in your first three? Who pitched? Who did well? What were the scores? Yeah, so there was a lot of Pittsburgh teams in this tournament. We played the Sea Turtles, who was in first place in the Will is Life League um, out in Pittsburgh. We beat them, I want to say, 7 nothing. Second game was against another Will team. I, I don't remember who they were. I think we won that 10 nothing. And then our third game was Baldwin Wiffle Ball. It's from a league also in Pittsburgh. They play with, like, different types of Wiffle Balls, the ones that have eight holes in the top and on the bottom, and they said they taped it up. Really cool guys. Uh, Tenron ruled them as well. It's good to play new people, you know. Like, it gets old playing the same teams over and over again every tournament. Um, so, but, you know, Vin Lee threw great in pool play. Jeff Lopes, Jeff Lopes threw game three. 
Um, we won that. Uh, we, we did what we were expected to do in pool play. And then playoff, first game was the semifinal game? Yeah, so we got a bye after going 3-0. and We were the two-seed. Uh, Jugs beat the Dinos in their quarterfinal game, and then it was us and uh, Jugs in the semis. And who pitched for you guys? Uh, I pitched the Jugs game. And both Tim and Ryan took you deep, correct? Yes, they did. They got me. And you just couldn't get anything going on against Ryan? No, not at all. He was throwing the ball very fast. The ball was moving a lot. Sometimes it was sliding. Sometimes it was screwing. You know, it, it was tough. Guy's good. And he was throwing that crazy, like, lightly sandpapered or, like, sidewalk. Yeah, or- yeah. He was throwing that. I, I want to say it's sandpaper. He's smart. Like, he sands it throughout the game. I'm pretty positive he, he does it throughout the game. Like, from inning one to inning five, he alters it so that later in the game, the ball starts moving a different way. Like, earlier it was screwing. Later in the game, it started kind of sliding. So, he, the guy's really smart. You know, it's it's – Extremely tough to hit Ryan. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. You and I, when we played together last year um, in the Staten Island tournament, which we'll talk about um, the upcoming one in a few minutes, uh, he pitched out, he threw that ball against us, and you almost took him deep once. Um, the ball kind of got knocked down by the wind. The wind was blowing in pretty good. Jay Ventraska pitched for us, um, and I think we lost one nothing. But yeah, Jay threw a gem. He threw a gem. It did help with the wind blowing in. Um, yeah. But. Um, yeah, just that ball just, um, it causes problems when he's got it going on in the four ball, two strike format. Um, oh, yeah. you know, it is no reason, you know, I, I don't know. Does it translate in four and three? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he, you know, I guess time will tell. Yeah, I would say so. He used the same ball in nationals last year and that they won the tournament. I would say he's definitely gotten a lot better with that ball from the time that we face him. Like, as he goes out each and every time, he's getting better and better with that uh, sandpaper ball. Yeah, crazy. Um, so congrats to the Jugs. Um, you know, a nice homecoming win for Red, um, you know, as, as Red makes his home in Pittsburgh, which was uh, probably nice for him to be there, and he probably had some friends and family there. Um, we, you do have some other wiffle ball that, unfortunately, um, we can't talk about. <laughs> um, and that that midwest that small Midwest league you play that a couple people pay attention to on the internet, um, and they don't want to spoil it for those couple of people who pay attention to that league. So we're not even going to mention them in, in the show tonight, um, you know, because TGIF, all the kids who are going to stay home on Friday night to watch it and aren't down the shore somewhere or on you know <laughs> on a boat on a lake want to watch that that league that you played in that happened two weeks ago um, in 2022. You know, it's, it's it's news when you have something that happened two weeks ago and then you release it two weeks later on a Friday night in the middle of the summer. Um, but we're not going to mention that. Um, we will start to talk. Yeah, well, you know, I, I just kind of, um, you know, even though I am, again, the older guy here, I, I like I like I like to, to know things as soon as they happen. I'm an information yeah. addict. Um but you know what? So it's working for them, and I'm only kidding. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we're talking it's about MLW, and I actually, I actually just got off the phone before we started the show with Gary Lavoy, and Gary's been a friend for a, a dear friend for a long time, and we were talking, and let, let's talk about in a second what they're doing with uh, their United Wiffle rosters. But him and I actually talked a little bit about MLW and kind of um, you know the direction of the sport and how successful they've been. So I, I don't want to come off as disrespectful to MLW because what they've done is obviously um, unprecedented. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people, not just a few, looking forward to um, Friday night's release. 
um, which we can't talk about the results for. Which, <laughs> um, spoil, you know, I, maybe I'll, I'll drop yeah. an Easter egg. I'm not sure Jordan wants to talk about either. But let's talk <laughs> about United Wiffle. Um, obviously, People's Bank Park, we talked about earlier. Um, Nationals coming up now. It's just a few months away, and things are happening. Rosters are being released. Did you listen to Connor's um, podcast um, on the Drop Podcast with Paul Cook on Monday? I have not. Did he preview his UIF roster? So at the end, uh, so Connor was doing a great job uh, filling in for Tim with the the Drop Podcast, and he he released his UIF roster. Um, do, do you know who his roster is? I want to, I mean, I'm assuming it's him, Whitener, Kenny, Styles, and Didio? Yes, and I think actually he mentioned it um, during our podcast a couple weeks ago yeah. when, he, when he jumped in, um, but he kind of talked a little bit about that. He talked about his NWLA, but now that Connor's not here, let's talk about him. Um, what do you think about that roster? I think it's good. You know, they played the Jugs very tough, probably the Jugs' toughest game of Nationals last year. They had a one nothing lead with one strike to go, and then Ben Stant entered the chat and said, not today. But, um, you know, if they walk Stant in that situation, if they if Stant doesn't hit that ball over the, out of the stadium, you know, maybe we think could have made a deeper run in the tournament or possibly won it. So um, I think Styles has gotten a lot better. The addition of Styles definitely helps. That'll save Ham from throwing as much – more than he needs to. Didio's savvy vet, uh, and Kenny is just an alien. You know, you got Connor Young, a uh, good managerial guy, got hits too, uh, and also a great arm. So well-rounded squad, a lot, lot of veteran um, veterans on that team, and they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to beat in October. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, having Dan Whitener, which um, I don't know if he's you know right now um, in a foreign country, uh, if he's doing time. If he's taking sabbatical, uh, I, I don't know where he's been. Um, you haven't seen him, right? I haven't seen him in any tournament I've been to. Nope. But I guess he will be ready in October, and um, he must be following, you know, the the model that I kind of have been doing, which is you don't throw fast until you get there, and you don't really prepare for it, and you just let it go them. And um, not that I go throwing, you know, 100 miles an hour, but I I couldn't throw fast leading up to it. Um, I just kind of emptied the tank there. So he, maybe that's what he's doing. But um, I'm sure he will not be showing up there unless he's in his uh, normal tip-top form. Um, so, yeah, definitely with Styles on that team, it, it kind of adds another uh, shutdown pitcher. And that team is, is one of the teams that's going to be there to win it and has a real good chance to win it. Yep. Tough squad. Tough squad. Um, another tough squad, which used to be two tough squads, is now kind of one and a half tough squads. News today breaking that Wiffaholics and 603 All-Stars have merged. Um, 603 released a video. United Wiffle uh, reposted it. Did you see this news? I read about it. I heard about it from Jeff Lopes this weekend, and I couldn't believe it. I, I still think it doesn't make sense. Gary Lavoie not on 603. Pat Leahy not on 603. Uh, that's not 603 to me. You know, I, I, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, I, whatever works for them, uh, we'll see. Yeah. So this is the Summer of Jordan podcast. But the Summer of Jordan is all about getting to October and getting, you know, for Jordan, um, the trophy hoisted above his head, um, the coveted United Wiffle uh, national championship trophy. And we do want to talk about the teams that he's going to face along the way. So that's why we're going to spend some time on these other teams. And I agree. Um, not having Gary on that 603 team, 
I know he's going to be in, uh, you know, I guess the, the chairman of the board front mode office. and front yeah. office, but it's, it's not the same. Um, yeah. the, the roster and let's, let's give the roster a quick shout out. Haverty, um, Tui, uh, the six foot and under, uh, superstar pitchers. Um, <laughs> uh, Brigio, also another six foot and under guy, uh, Lopes and the lone veteran, um, none other than Rob Donahue. Um, one of the clutchest performers ever. Yeah, no, no Gary, no Leahy. Uh, Gary will be playing at the event on the Wiffleholics, and they'll kind of uh, bring like a veteran squad. And Gary kind of threw out some possible roster, um, you know, additions behind besides him and Noter. I cannot release them at this point, but I can guarantee you that team will be a team that can beat anyone there, um, but you know may not have it in them to win the whole thing. Um, but I, I do have a little bit of up and down feelings, more down on this 603 merger. What do you think about the team? Just take away the fact that it's no longer Gary and Leahy and Don's as the core three on 603. Uh, about the team of the five individuals as a team. Yeah, so it's high rollers in Tui and Haverty with Briggio, Lopes, and Don's ball. I think, you know, the arm-wise, you got Tui, you got Haverty. Havery's another guy. He has not – I haven't seen him this year. Like, I've seen him at ECW, but he hasn't thrown. I don't know if his arm's still hurt. I feel like every year he's got arm issues. Um, but he's a guy that – he's going to be tough if you run into him, especially if he's feeling good. Um, if he's on, he's going to be tough to beat. I think they are missing a Gary Lavoie, though. They're missing that that big veteran bat that, you know, can erase a couple mistake pitches that uh, young guys give up or just – give out a good game plan at, at the dish, you know, or any tells that a pitcher is giving up so that they can, you know, make the difference or, or get the bats going if they're struggling. Um, but, you know, they got Don's ball, who's also a great veteran bat. But I feel like Gary Lavoie is a bat that, you know, has been feared across the nation for decades now. So to have him not in the lineup is definitely going to be tough to make up for that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I, I, look, the team's going to be very good. Um, certainly a team that in the playoffs is capable of beating anyone, and they're a team that will make the playoffs. And with the amount of arms they have, Haverty, no Haverty, um, you know, just with Tui, um, Briggio, and Lopes, and Dons, um, they can go deep for sure. They could win the whole goddamn thing, right? But it would be yeah. so strange if they won it and, and the big polar bear wasn't with them um, as a player. Um, but, hey, you know what? I'm sure that – you know, Gary has his reasons. Um, so good luck to 603 and the Wiffaholics. Um, coming up for the Summer of Jordan, what do you have going on this weekend? So this weekend I'm back in Michigan uh, playing the MLW All-Star Game for the first time, obviously. Uh, should be a great, great experience. Then after that, the following weekend, I'm going out to Oklahoma for the first time and at Shangri-La Resort against the Great Lakes Gators, a three-game series. Um, and, uh, that's my schedule for the next two weeks, all-star game this weekend. And then Oklahoma the following weekend. So you're just all over that Midwest. I mean, Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, um, Michigan, all over. You hitting any of those lakes up? Um, so this weekend I'm actually road tripping with the girlfriend, me and Brittany leave Friday for the Michigan express plan on state, uh, hitting Lake Erie. We're going to stay in Cleveland for a night. Head to Brighton, Michigan on Saturday, stay out there, and then play in the game Sunday. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to hit Lake Erie. I've never been there, never been to Cleveland either. So um, 
art teacher Brittany is going to experience MLW for her first time and should be a great weekend. That that is a pretty good weekend. Uh, the, the ride home is not going to be great, um, but the trip I, I twice have gone through. I've gone through Cleveland once in route to Beloit, Wisconsin, when my brother was playing for the Wisconsin Snappers of the uh, I don't know Single A League of the Minnesota Twins in 2009. Um, and Cleveland, not much going on. And then a year or two later, he was playing Double A in. And Erie against, I forget the Erie's double A team, but Lake Erie is a, is kind of like a big summer town. We, we were shocked. We couldn't get a hotel, um, because they were all booked because everybody's like, well, it's summer. Everybody's, you know, here at the lake. Um, so you'll have a good time there. Um, it's nice to experience those other parts of the country that like, you know, it's somebody like you and myself from the, New York, New Jersey area, you know, we know the Jersey Shore, we know the Hamptons, but like those those Midwest lakes are another animal. Yeah, I wouldn't say I know the Hamptons very well, you know, I'm, I'm not on that elite level that you're at getting that administrative pay, but uh, I would say I'm more of an Atlantic City kind of guy, you know. Right, and, and I didn't say I am a patron and a, a visitor of the Hamptons. Hamptons. Dan I, Lanigan I, over here. I'm a Hampton guy. I know about the Hamptons. Doesn't mean I spend time <laughs> or have spent time. I think I've really only been to the Hamptons one time to go see the U.S. Open at Shinnecock in 2004. I don't even think I've ever been to the Hamptons, but I know what goes on out there. I just know it's not really, you know, <laughs> anything I'm doing, but, um, just money on trees, just $20 bills growing from tree branches out there in the Hamptons? I caddy for a lot of guys who have Hamptons houses, so that, yeah. that's all I need to know about it. Um, <laughs> so two big MLW events coming up, and the MAW Staten Island is right around the corner after that. Um, and you'll be, be there? Will the suspect be there? The will be there. Yeah, we need to be there. He will be there. Uh, the great self-proclaimed great one will be there, the greatest exterminator <laughs> in New York um, will be there. Scott Alford also there. Um, the Captain rest America. of the yeah, and we'll talk more about that as as that tournament nears. Um, but yeah, the United uh, usual suspects will be punching their tickets for the United Wiffle NCT at the Staten Island tournament. We also um, have a big um, GSWL yard event this weekend in Long Island and. Um, I just wanted to, while we have the opportunity on the show, um, send the condolences to um, the Dioria family and specifically Anthony, the food man, um, who lost his mom um, this past weekend. Um, so you just, again, on the behalf of the show, um, heart goes out to the Dioria's. Um, you know, Absolutely. obviously, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to give him a great big bear hug on Sunday and let him know I love him. Uh, food man, hope you're doing well. Um, you know, as well as you obviously can be doing, but you know, a big tournament for GSWL Yard. You had mentioned Kenny the Alien earlier. GSWL Yard last event, I had the displeasure of playing as a two-man, where one of my teammates the night before came down with a, uh, you know, something that prevented him from being there the next morning. Um, played as a two-man against Ke Kenny the Alien, and um, I kind of got. Um, what do aliens do when they they come down and they they, they just rip your soul out? Yeah, he's uh, almost impossible to get out. You know, he's kind of like that created character in every, like, baseball game that you play that you, like, max out the stats at 100 on everything. He, he's that guy, but in real life. Yeah, and and most times he's at, like, he's not always at 100. He's at, like, 95 to 99. But when he's at 100, 
it, it's it's not fair. It's kind of like you know playing against a younger brother. Um, and yeah. he was playing with his dad and his uncle. Uncle Travis hadn't been to an event in I think eleven years. And because we had two men and one of my my teammate Maddie couldn't throw, I kept walking Kenny intentionally to set up a double play for Travis, just because hopefully he hits it to to, um, to Maddie. Maddie would toss it to me at second, and I'd throw it to home for the double play. And um, all three Rogers just ripped my heart out, ripped my soul from my my body. Um, so that wasn't very fun. So hopefully the, the, uh, state of mind, uh, yard league team can do, do better this weekend. Um, C4 punched their ticket to United Wiffle. Now the United Wiffle team punched their ticket at the GSW yard event and they did what the enemy usually does. Uh, they won the event, uh, with Packer and Steffi. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just very good at yard. They're very good at, uh, not losing. You know, it's insane for as many years as they've been playing to consistently win as much as they've had. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, Packer hasn't played whiffs all year, shows up to one event, wins it. Uh, it, it's nuts. Without Kevin Norris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With, without yeah. Norris. Well, we're going to have the greatest player in the history of the format. Um, stay home and we'll just fill in, you know, a guy who's won a couple national championships, um, in both fast and yard and another guy who's won multiple national championships in fast and yard and we'll continue to just win the whole thing. Um, yeah, just kind of, uh, kind of not fair to everybody else, but hopefully, <laughs> so, hopefully somebody, hopefully somebody this weekend, uh, knocks them out and hopefully maybe it'll be my team, but, uh, looking forward to a good weekend to whiff and, uh, I think uh, we're almost out of time here, so that leads us to the fastest 30 seconds in wiffle ball. Jordan, you're about to be on the hot seat. Are you ready? Yeah, I don't. All right, so favorite Ralph's Italian ice flavor? I'm going to be honest. I am going to go with cherry. I'm sure maybe I've had Ralph's Italian ice, maybe not specifically Ralph's. So I'm an Italian ice guy. I'd have to go with cherry. Are you Italian ice over ice cream? No, absolutely not. Ice cream all day, McFlurries, anything. Soft ice cream or hard? Soft serve ice cream. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Uh, okay. Um, like a doctor. All right, Gatorade or Powerade? I'm a body armor guy. You know, Gatorade, Powerade, they're, they're the, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not buying into them. Gatorade's a little fugazi. Powerade, I feel like it, it does have high fructose corn syrup in it. I think it's a fake news energy drink, sports drink, I should say, not energy drink. Body armor's delicious, different flavors. Got the Mamba Forever uh, new flavor that just dropped. We're to shout out to Kobe Bryant, and uh, I would say I'm a body armor guy. I'll have to try that Mamba Forever. I like that. Um, yeah, really good. You're doing this driving this weekend with the girlfriend, Brittany, the art teacher. Um, how many miles will Brittany drive during this trip? She will do all of it. Uh, you know, me and driving, not really a good combination. So thankfully, oh Brittany God. will be doing all of the driving. I'm going to be the best co-pilot of the world. Yeah, hey, you know, I can't, uh, me and driving, bad mix. Can't do it. Not a fan. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm I'm support guy, number two man of the year behind the wheel. Um, we'll see. I, I might fill in if I can here and there, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I can continue with this. I've been <laughs> I've been I've been dating my now fiance for um, parts of eleven years. So I would say full time for seven out of eleven years, um, and four times part four years part time earlier. And she's not. Only one time has she driven with me as the driver in the vehicle for more than like two miles. Only one time yeah. in 11 years. So quite the opposite there. Not because she's a bad driver, just because the man does the driving in the relationship. But 
Um, hey, you know, if I could, I would, but you don't mean driving just uh, not on the right terms right now. Okay, okay. I don't think we need to talk much more about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually got a ticket in Virginia, so I could kind of rela- – on the way to uh, Cape Charles, Virginia last week, and, um, you know, they didn't really know about wiffle ball. I tried showing them, uh, you know, a couple pictures, but that didn't get me out of the ticket. That doesn't work. Uh, maybe it would for you. Um, you say I'm national champion, Dan Lanigan. I try to tell them I'm a dean. I work with, uh, you know, the police at my job, but in Virginia they re- didn't really care about that. Yeah, tough. Uh, like coming anywhere outside of New York, if you get stopped, we're definitely behind the eight ball. You know, it's hard for us to finagle out of things. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, that's it. We're out of time for the fastest 30 seconds. It was probably the worst fast, uh, fastest 30 second hot seat question <laughs> and answer um, we've done so far. But we do know that Brittany will be doing the driving. Good luck to Brittany. Um, driving is a great time for podcasts. So for you listeners out there, um, if you have a trip coming up, make sure if you haven't listened to every episode yet, download them, listen to them, retweet them, Facebook them, Instagram them. Um, we've gone 31 minutes now. Not one time did Jordan make me feel old. So thank you, Jordan, for that. <laughs> Good luck this weekend in that small little league you play out in the uh, Midwest <laughs> somewhere. Um, I'll be in Long Island. And um, for you listeners, once again, thank you for listening. Jordan, thank you for being here. You have listened to Episode 5 of the Summer of Jordan podcast.